0: All right, Abutai, part two. So we learned, uh, we're learning the haftarah of Shofetim, Perek Yod Aleph. That's really the haftarah of Parashat Chukat, which was last week's parashah. It's a classic and uh, very, very rich haftarah. Last week, we got to the um, we got to the point where there was a Ben Zonah. We learned from the Ben Ubahya. Ben Zona means that Yiftach's father married outside of his tribe. They ended up having a son called Yiftach. He had children from another wife. And now came to the inheritance. So the brothers uh, wanted to, you know, uh, exclude Yiftach from the Yirushah And a mahluket ensued. And Yiftach did not want to be involved in the mahluket. So he actually ran away to Iris Tov. And we explained that the reason why the Navi called it Eritz Tov Because ultimately <coughs> it was Tov for Yiftah it worked out okay And the Rav Hida told us that when, when the uh, Amonim started to fight Bnei Yisrael, the Jewish people needed a leader By that time Yiftah had his own army He had his uh, vigilantes in Eritz Tov So they went to him And of course Yiftah's original reaction is ah you kicked me out. I was talking to the rabbis we lent. The rabbis didn't defend him. He says, oh, you kicked me out. And now so when you need me, you call on me. And uh, the rabbis answered, that's why we came to you. And we said last week... Hey, that's why we came to you. I asked you a question. You threw me out, now you need me. And what did the rabbis answer back to... Uh, that's why we came. That's why we came. I asked you a question. Answer my question. And Rav Hida said from the Mishnah Perkeh Avot that... Um, don't mistreat or basically in a positive way we'll say be nice to everybody because you never know you might come to need that person the way Rav Hida learned the Mishnah was not you never know but he said it's going to happen be nice to everybody because if you're not nice Hashem's going to orchestrate that you need that person and that's going to be your kapara, that you're going to need the guy so they weren't nice to Yiftah so they realized that so they say, Lachen Bana. That's why we came. We were, it's inevitable. We had to come back to you because we were Bazlecha. Anyway, Yiftach comes along and says, "Okay." They said, "Listen, if you go fight with us and be our leader, we're willing to make you the um, we'll make you the leader." Yeah. So Yiftach comes along and says, "I don't need you to make me <coughs> <"Merhaba, Jack. laughs> I don't need I don't need you to make me the leader." Thank you. I'll be the leader automatically. Right. If I win anyway... Exactly. If I win anyway, I'm going to so will you do me a favor? Don't do me any favor, that's going to happen without you. So Yiftah ultimately said, they tell you' you the leader now. And if you remember, we learned last week that he needed the chizuk, he needed the confidence of the people, the boost of the people. Even a leader needs to know that the people are behind him in order that he's able to succeed. And then they said, okay, You'll be our leader. This maybe a, maybe a this the You'll be our leader now. And uh, that's where we left off. And then what happened? What happens is we begin now on Pelik Yud Aleph. And we start Pasuk Yud Aleph. So he goes with Ziknegel Ad. So they actually make him the Shofet Even before the war And it seems that Yiftah makes a Makes a declaration in front of Hashem Although the Navi doesn't really tell us What this declaration was But I saw brought down from the Sfarim That uh, he was saying That just like Uh, I was Mivater and I forgave uh, what they did to me, Uh, and I came back to help the people. So to you, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, be mevater and be merachem on the people. So that we were trying to activate a midah kineged midah. And now, he sends messengers to the king of Bnei Amon and he says, "Malivalach." Kibatta elai lelachem be'arsi. So he's telling him, you know, what do you want from me? Madivalach. What's uh, what's your issue? It seems Bnei Amon had claims. So Yiftach is trying to understand what what what, what do you want? What, what's your claims? so they sent back kila'kach Yisrael et arsi ba'aloto me'mitzrayim. It's not, a, uh, it's not an old claim, it's a, it's a new claim, which is an old claim, which the, we always say this. Normally the rule of war is, if you conquer somebody, <coughs> we hold that a kibbush is a kibbush a, con- a conquering, a conquest is a conquest, unless you're Jewish. So therefore, they're coming along and saying, hey, you conquered our lands when you came out of Egypt. Exactly. You're the one that's coming along and saying, we conquered, we conquered, finished, anyway, no baxies. But well, in war, there's no baxis. There's no statute of limitation. Okay, you had it for seven years, give it to me back. But they're coming along and saying that uh, it's not fair. Ki they took Israel to them the borders. So we don't want to go to war Give it to us back in peace I'm going to call today Now uh, Yiftah has to remind B'nei Ammon <coughs> Two things, number one Jewish history and number two how to learn Perasha. Uh, because obviously they didn't how to read the Pesukim correctly So he sends them back Yosef And Yiftah And let me make it very clear. Lo lakah Yisrael, et eris Moab, eris ben We didn't take. Now He throws in Amon over here, he throws in Moab. We'll have to see why he threw in Moab. Nobody was asking him about uh, Moab. But uh, he threw it in there, he lumped it in there. We didn't take. We didn't take not your land, and we didn't take Moab's land. So what happened then? So what, it was just a bogus claim? I mean, obviously somebody had that territory now this is 300 years later keep in mind this is 300 years later wow. after the event so you see the green don't forget but there's nothing for them to forget we didn't take their land Yiftach now is going to explain it Sami Baruch Abba how are you doing honey? Right over here okay so the Pasuk says Ki Baalotam when we came out of Mitzrayim Da Yisrael Ad suf." so we were traveling and we got to a place called Kadesh. Now if you remember Parashat Chukat, it actually tells us the story. It doesn't say that Israel sent Malachim. It actually says that Moshe Rabbeinu sent Malachim to the king of Edom. Mm-hmm. And if you remember what Ashish said in the Parashat, Ashish said, from here you mm-hmm. learn... Moshe is Israel and Israel is Moshe. That when Moshe is talking, Moshe is talking, I'm the of Klai Israel. So therefore the Pasuk says, malachim. Moshe is Israel. It's the, same, uh, it's the same thing. And what did he say to Eretz Edom? We want to cross your land. Remember, we learned in the Shi'ud that actually that was a shortcut. There was a great, great uh, benefit for the B'nai Israel if they can cut through. Eretz B'nei Edom and Bing go straight into Eretz Yisrael. And we also learned how great Moshe Rabbeinu was that Vayavo Kadesha, the Pasuk says. This was coming from Kadesha. And we learned what does it mean Vayavo Kadesha? What happened right before they sent the the messengers? It says Vayikadesh Bam. B'nei Yisrael caused Moshe Rabbeinu actually to die when they complained about the water. And therefore the Pasuk says, God sanctified his name, Vayikadish Bam. God sanctified his name through the death of the tzaddikim. That when the tzaddikim die, God's name becomes exalted because the people say, wow, if the tzaddikim are not uh, free from the judgment, then kalvahom us." So therefore you would have thought that after what Moshe Rabbeinu just experienced from the people, that he's not looking now to do them any favors by taking them on a shortcut into Teirish Israel. It should have said in the Pasuk, Kadesh Bam, and Moshe Rabbeinu says, I'll see you later. After all that I did for you for 40 years, and now what? Now you, now you killed me? Now you caused me not to go into Israel? I'm handing in my resignation. Ultimately, that's not what happened. The Pesuk says that after Vayikadosh Baam, Vayavok Kadeshah, Moshe Rabbeinu is still, uh, what should I say, uh, fighting for Klai Israel and trying to negotiate with Melech Edom to get the people in quicker, now keep in mind if they get in quicker, that means Moshe who dies sooner so even though this was risking his life, by trying to get a shortcut, but Moshe Rabinu says I'm on a shlichut, I sham, you have a on it and therefore Moshe Ibn was loyal to shlichut, and therefore he said it's not about me or my life, it's about Klai Yisrael and you can't take your shlichut personal and you can't get offended, anyway Ve'lo Shama Melech Edom Melech Edom did not, uh, did not listen and they did the same thing to Moab, he, did not, uh, he refused. Now, a problem we had with these two countries, with Moab and Edo, we really weren't allowed to harass them and antagonize them. So it's not like we were able to go to war because they said no. We had to respect their No. Other countries, they say no, it's so, okay. Now we're going to kill you now. But when it came to Amon, Moab, Edom, they were, you know, on a special list, a no-fly list, and therefore we weren't able to really uh, attack them. So we had to take an alternate route. This is Yiftah giving history to the king of Amon. You're getting a history lesson. Mm-hmm. So we went into the Midbar. Edom. We went around Edom, Edom, Moab, We got to the east of Eretz Moab, we got to the place of Eretz Moab, we did not get to the border of Moab, and then we sent messages to the next kingdom. And who's the next kingdom? And then we sent messages to the next kingdom. And we ask the same question to them. We want rites of passage until we reach our place. Now here the Pasuk says, try one more time, the Zoom is giving us a lot of problems today. Joe Sarui actually bought me an iPad that has LTE. I have to bring it from Brooklyn. I don't want extra gadgets, that's the reason, but I think he was right. I don't know why the I don't know why the Wi-Fi in this, in this place... You're asking a lot from me, Ben. Oh, okay, good. Mm-hmm. you giving me too much credit. That's a shame, because... I mean, the guys over here really don't deserve to hear this class if they're still on Zoom, to be honest with you. According to the CDC, the... It's over the pandemic, so I don't know what these guys are still zooming. No, I don't have it. Anyway, <clears throat> so what happened. You have it there? All right, Abortai. Okay, leave it there. Sorry, Abortai, we're having some uh, technical issues in Lawrence Avenue. Center. They built a $20 million synagogue, but we don't have... Uh, we don't have internet. That's what it is. So it says that Sihon did not believe. It's an interesting language over here. We'll go back to it in a minute. And they didn't allow us to pass. So, by the way, we're batting a 1,000. Edom said no. Amon said no. And now we went to uh, Sihon. Oh, my God. Oh, sure. God bless him. Okay. How's that, Mars? Excellent. Okay. And now I'm going to mute you. Thank <laughs> you. He's making eggs. <laughs> He's making scrambled eggs. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> over there. <laughs> guys on. I don't know. I can't do it, it came uh, in uh, on this and, so what happened so over here the Pasuk says so we're batting a thousand that's my point which means Sihon said no Amon said no Edom said no but in this case over here Sihon not only said no but they came out to fight us now they came to fight Israel Good story, news. Tell telling the story. Telling the the story. Yeah. Give yeah. him <laughs> give a give long history with us. And he comes along and says, they came and attacked us. Now listen, we're attacked, we have to defend ourselves. So what always happens with the Jewish people, they attack us, we defend ourselves, we beat them, and then what do they say? Uh, do over. No, do over. Now, watch what happened. Here's the key. What we need to get good. Now, let's review the story. Now, let's go back. Let's go slow. You have a regular chumash. You mm-hmm. get a regular art oh, scroll chumash. Beautiful. beautiful, beautiful. So you got to go back, Rabotai, in order to understand this parasha. You need to go back to parashat Lech Lecha. You have your chumashim open. Exactly, mm-hmm. by Avramabinu. Yes. by Abinu, the pasuk is going to be. In Pereshit, Perik Tedvar, Pasuk Yud 1519. Page 70. Page 70. Beautiful. Page 70. To understand what's going on over here. So if you look at the Pasuk, this is God promising Abraham Abinu the land of Israel and all its inhabitants. If you look at the Pasuk, it says all the way up until the Euphrates. Now it lists the names of the nations that Avraham is going to inherit. And they are in order. It's a Kini, Now those three are written in a separate Pasuk. And then you got Vita Hiti, Perizi. Those three are written separately, and then you got Eta Emori, Vetakenani, Vetagirgashi, Altogether, there's 10 distinct nations that B'nai says is going to conquer at the time that they make the conquest in Elis Israel. Rashi over here reveals a great secret when he says, "Etakini, Eser Umot Yeshka." There's 10 nations here. But we only got seven out of the ten. And here they are. Regarding those three, they are the first three mentioned in the first Pasuk, which is Keni, Kenizi, and Kadmoni. That we're going to have to wait until Mashiach comes in order to pick up those three, Edom, Umu'ad, Yadam, Amon, Mishba'tam. So you see over here that there's still three nations that are outstanding. We only hit seven out of the ten. Let me explain to you. The Mekubbalin tell us that just like in the Kiddushah, there's what's called ten sefirot. Ten sefirot represents the ten different filters the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends the Shefa down to the world. And the ten sefirot are broken down into the top three and the lower seven. The top three are called the Gar, Gar Rashi Gimel Rishonot. And then you have the Zat. The Zat is the Zayin Tahtonot. And the Gar are the, the sefirot of Chokhmah, Bina Vada'at, and then you have the lower seven, which is Chesed, Gevurah, Tiferet, Netzach, Hod, Yesod, Malchut. You don't have to be a Kabbalist to follow what I'm saying. You just have to know that there's the top three and the lower seven. And the top three is the head. They call it the, the Rosh. Chuchma, uh, Bina, Da. Those are the highest level of Sefirot. Uh, that's the top of the pole. When you're trying to rise, we rise up to the high levels of Chuchma, Bina, Da. That's really where all the Kedusha is, that's where the brain is, that's where the Chokmah is. In the side of the Tum'ah, there's also a, a configuration of ten, but it's again, K'nege the Kilipah. elohim mm-hmm. So it's ten against ten. These ten nations represent the ten sefirot of the Kilipah. What I mean to say is, there's Tum'ah in these nations over here. It's not Stam nations over here that have an army, And have a you know military. They came fighting with kohotatumah. They were part of the Kilipah. and therefore it's not so easy to to beat these. uh, It's not regular. What should I tell you? Conventional warfare. The warfare that you're fighting with these people, like when we went to Yerichol, for example, how would we beat them with shofarot? We blew the shofar, and the wall came uh, you know uh, tumbling down like an elevator shaft. That's not a normal way to fight a war, because it was kohotatumah. We needed to pull the nitzotzot out of the wall, and the wall came tumbling down. So you see over here, the seven that we conquered, those seven were the lowest seven. The lowest seven we were able to conquer already in Ulam Azed, before Mashiach. Because the lowest seven of the Zayin Tahtonot, we had a, a kawah, But the top three, which is Edom, Moab, and Ammon, that's the Gimel Rishonot of the Kelipah, and those are strong Kiddipot. And really, we don't have a, an Achiza on them yet. You need Melech and Mashiach to come in and help us to, because they're so tame. That's why Edom for sure. And in, in order, the hardest one is Edom. That's why we're still in Galut Edom for 2000. That's the hardest one of the kilipot. The Timikubalim, therefore, tell us that in the season of Binah Sarim that we're going into now, so we have Gimal de Pur'anuta and Zayin de Nehamata. We have the three weeks of Ben and then we have seven weeks of Nehamah of Consolation. Why is it broken down into three and seven? Because the three of Pur'anut represent the three nations that we did not yet conquer yet. And the seven of Nehamah represent the seven nations that we did conquer. So we have the Nehamah and the seven. Those are in the bank already. So each, each Shabbat each Shabbat represents another one of the nations. Shabbat Chazon actually represents the Kiripa of Edom and that's why they say the Shabbat Chazon is one of the most uh, one, potentially holy and great days of the year because on that day we're coming up against the hardest of the Kiripah and uh, what is the name? that's the Shabbat before the Shabbat. Shabbat. That's the, the, the very, very great Shabbat in the sense that what it represents. Now you understand is over, But a kadosh Hu did fasah did fasah although we're not going to get those lands yet, but did a and he softened the He port a little fast Edom was not softened at all Edom they said, you're out you can't come into our land we'll see you when Mashiach comes with his white horse or his donkey, then we'll talk to you in the meantime, take a hike uh, by Edom Edom said Lo ta'vor bi Edom is like a red light. What does the red light say? Stop, <laughs> sir. The point, the point, like that, right The point is, the point is, now what happened? But Borei Olam said, we're going we're gonna to weaken the Khalifa. God said, you can't fight uh, Amon and Moab. You can't take their lands. So what happened? came Sihon. Sihon's a big shot. We're going to learn about Sihon in a second. This guy Sihon, bad guy, he came along on his own. Now, he doesn't have any restrictions to fight anybody. He can do whatever he wants. He went and he fought Amon and Moab. And guess what happened? He was very successful. He conquered it. We came along, we asked our lawyers, hold it. We're not allowed to fight Amon and Moab. But now that Sihon conquered Ammon and Moab, technically, it's not Amon and Moab anymore. It's Sihon the lawyers came back and said, you're right, according to what Hashem said, I mean the rabbis, I said, the rabbi said, yeah, this is, uh, it's legal, and the Gemara, when it wrote up the document, the Gemara says, Amon and Moab, the way we would say it in our vernacular, got koshered up by Sihon, they weren't kosher. Now, once that happened, we said beauty, once we gobbled up Sihon, we gobbled up Ammon and Moab, but we weren't gobbling up Amon and Mu'av, we gobbled up Sihon, which means well, by the time we got to Sihon, the flag of Sihon was up on the, in the United Nations. There was no more Amon and Moab, so therefore technically we no were okay. Problem. Now, here's, here's, where it gets, here's where it gets sticky. Where it gets sticky is Amon, so that, that's why we mentioned Amon and Mu'av. That's why in the Pasukah, because it was basically both. By getting Sihon, we got both. Now, if, if there's a Siddur available, Synagogue, I'm assuming that there's a, uh, there might not be Wi Fi, but a Sidur, I think we have. If you look in the Sidur, there's a great, great hidush that actually reviews this whole story that we just said. And the uh, good news is, tomorrow you'll be able to have this Kavanah. Right before Baruch She'amar on Shabbat, we say, the Hodula Hashem Kitov Ki Le'olam Hazak. Hazaku Baruch, doctor. We got the, third, the 26 Hodu's, or 26 kilo Olam Hazdo's. Now, if you look at it, it sounds a little redundant at the end. Over here it says, Lemolich Amomah Midbar, okay, kilo Olam Hazdo. You took us in the Midbar, okay, kilo Olam Hazdo. Lemakeh Melachim Gedolim, and you uh, cause the Melachim Gedolim to get smitten. kilo Olam Hazdo. Bayarog Melachim Adirim, and you were able to bring down Melachim Adirim. And who are these uh, kings? The Sihon Melech Emori, Ul Og Melech Bashan. We were able to uh, conquer Sihon and Og. arsam And you gave their land, le'nachala, it sounds like you gave the land, to us. Nahala li'israel well, abdo. That sounds redundant. It just said, arsam Now it says, Nahala Israel abdo. So based on this, the mefarshim learned like this. And who were these menachim adirim? It was Sihon and Og. It's referring to that their land now. The Sihon. Exactly. Sihon swallowed up Ammon and Moab. Which means they got Ammon and Moab. And once they got it, now it becomes Nahalali Israel Abdul. So it's, it's two nice. steps. V'natan arsam Nahala, Which means the, the arsam of Amun and Moab Became the Nahala so of Sihon. Sihon And once V'natan arsam Nahala, So now Nachala And even though it's before Mashiach So how did we be able to conquer it So it says That even at the time of our shiflut Even at the time of our low stage Which is before Mashiach Which means weakened the kilipah and therefore, although we didn't get a full ahiza on Amon and Moab, we got no ahiza on Edom, but we got a little ahiza on uh, the other two, Amon and Moab, via Sihon. So what's happening over here? They're coming along and saying, hey, we want back our land, and we're trying to explain to the guy, it's not your land. We didn't conquer it from you. We conquered it from Sihon. You have any claims, go to Sihon. Now, when we tell the story... If you look at the language, the language is, and we went to the king of Sihon, if you look at Pasuk Hav Aleph, okay. or Hav, and we asked Sihon, N'abirana and what does the Pasuk say in Hav? "Velohe emin Sihon. Now what does it mean, lo emin They didn't believe. They didn't believe. They... Now, it doesn't say that in the Torah. The Torah says, "Velo natan Sihon. Sihon did not grant. Here it says, they didn't believe. So what's the pshat over here? Was it the pshat that they didn't give? Here it's giving you the deep explanation. Sounds like they didn't believe. So we explained it based over here on a very, very big year sword uh, that's brought down by the Kol Sofaich, which is our great rabbi, Rabbi Zaitchik. Rabbi Zaitchik comes along and says, a big year sword in in human nature. Human nature is that whatever your weakness is and whatever your fault is, you automatically see that in others as well. Which is, if you're struggling with a certain yetzarada, you assume everybody's struggling with the same yetzarada. If, if, you, if you behave in a certain, you know, uh, 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 what should I say, unscrupulous way, you think, if you're a cheater, you think everybody's a cheetah. The cheater thinks, just like he's a crook, everybody must be a crook, but they look at the world through their own own weaknesses. Rabbi Zaychik brings uh, a proof to this over here. The proof to this he brings is from the Midrash that says uh, that Yosef, he was able to overcome the uh, temptation of Eshet Potiphar. So it says there was once a matronah, Matrona is like a certain lady, hashuv lady. Sha'ala allied to be Yosef, so she asked to be Yosef. Efshar Yosef ben Shiva is LeShana, he's seventeen years old, Omed bechol Chomo, and he's got the heat of his uh, youth. Vayay Yosef adavar aseh, as a possible. So Rav Zaychik says she can misselot ta'am et ta'am shelita. Somebody that never tasted the beautiful taste of suppressing the Yetzirah cannot believe that somebody's able to overcome the Yetzirah, which is impossible. That Tzaddik would not react like that. The Tzaddik would say, great. I do we understand it. Because all day long they're doing that. But somebody had never experienced the overcoming of the Yetzirah when they're told that a 17-year-old boy overcame the Yetzirah, that's impossible. So Rabbi Zaychik tells a story of himself when he was in Siberia. And when he's in Siberia, he was talking to the inmates over there with them, and he was telling about Ju- Judaism, they were fascinated by Judaism. And one of the things that they couldn't couldn't enter their brains, he was explaining to them about tarat the and He We're saying, yeah, you know, for, for half the year we're not allowed to be with our wives. We're not even allowed to pass the uh, the salt. And they were looking what? And he says he understood why because the goy who has no limitations and he has no restrictions, he can't believe. That how is it possible that somebody is able to so you cannot fathom something that you yourself struggle with you cannot fathom that somebody else is, is able to live like that so therefore he brought an unbelievable uh, unbelievable explanation in Shamayim when a person goes to Bedin after 120 years the Bedin consists of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. the Gemara says in Sanhedrin a Kadosh Baruch Hu is Dan Yehidi. Dan Yehidi means he judges on his own. However, he says, if you go to a Bed-Din on earth, you need three judges. So if Zaychik says, why do you need three judges on earth and one judge? So he says, because when you go to a court on earth and there's a guy coming for a certain crime, so it's possible that one judge right away is going to say, he did it. Because he himself has a certain tendency. So therefore you need two other judges to offset that judge that might have a a predisposition because he has that weakness. (laughs) Because Borei Olam is unbiased. Borei Olam is unprejudiced. And based on this, he explains something else. Why does the Mishnah Pirkei Avot, why does it place so much emphasis and so much credit on people that are done the Kavzichut? giving the people the benefit of the doubt. He says, because a person gives the benefit of the doubt, it's an indication that he must be a tzaddik. Because if a person, it doesn't enter his mind to do such a thing, so he won't see that thing in somebody else. So therefore, when he's done the that shows you that the So really, when he's judging somebody else, he's really telling us a lot about himself. A person that can always see critical things in others... That means he himself must have those critical things. Therefore, he says, Well, I know myself, therefore, he must be doing the same thing. But if you're giving, the famous mashallah that we gave once is is a guy coming home at uh, four o'clock in the morning. Four o'clock in the morning, he's walking in the streets. So, what happens? The guy who's a a party guy, he's, Oh, uh, where's he coming from? He's from the club. And the guy from Khalil Hassot says, He's probably just coming from the McVeigh. He's got to go to pray (laughs) nets. That, uh, uh, it doesn't enter his mind that he's going to the club I, I understand what that means guy walking, what does it mean guy walking four o'clock in the morning he must be going to the big to go pray the, it doesn't enter his mind the club because he doesn't know that world he gives him the benefit of the doubt but by giving that guy the benefit it shows you where, he's, where his mind is and the other guy says I a shot a shot how do you know about the club it either, must, be, must be that that's your, uh, that's your item so therefore uh the Ba'al Shem said an unbelievable uh, dream is in the Gemara. The Gemara says, Mishnah says like this. Kol adam min The Ba'al Shem said like this. It's Mishnah. A person is allowed to, Kohen, uh, is allowed to render judgments on all niga'im. Kol niga'im adam ro'e however min he cannot make a judgment on his own nigaim because he's biased. That's the simple explanation. But the Baal Shem read it like this. Call han nigaim adamru all the nigaim <laughs> that you see outside min Must be Must be coming from himself. If you see a niga'i <laughs> why are you seeing niga'i <laughs> Must be it, it, it's like we say in the old days, it takes one to know one. Remember we used to say, in who you are, it takes one to know one? It was rachmah. Rachmah to know one, which means, Adam posel uh, bemumor. Uh, 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 right? A person is and Adam posel bemumor. Which means when you posel somebody, you're only poseling him in your own uh, uh, your own blemishes. So what happened over here? So if Zaychik says, Sihon, they have no trust. They go, a mm-hmm. So therefore, when Sihon cannot believe that somebody's going to come along and say, we just want to cross your land, oh, and we're not going to go to the right. And I go, were we born yesterday? Are we fools <laughs> we over here? They would never... You did that yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> They created this sketch. <laughs> oh, the sketch. We know that sketch. Us, we're going to walk to your land before you gobble us up. So therefore, the, the pasuk says, it." means Sihon. Velohi mean is the pshat is they couldn't and you know what they couldn't believe it because they themselves are Hasid from that because and therefore he's posel he's posel the posel himself and that's the way he understands the uh, the velohei now it's a it's a uh, it's a tremendous it's a tremendous yesot. now what happens oh so now what happens over here at botai now he comes along, uh, uh, what is his name, his, uh Yiftah, and he comes along and he gives them a little zing. He says, and by the way, no no, coincidence that we're doing it, because this week's parasha is mentioned over here now. I says, listen, you have a God, your God is called Kemosh. Whatever Kemosh gave you, I mean, <laughs> Kemosh is worthless. But he's basically saying, listen, our God gave us that land. If you have any complaints, go to your God. Hello, it hasheh Kemosh Elohecha, Oto Tirash. kol Adonai Oto Tirash. And listen, everybody chose their God. We chose Hashem Elohecha, therefore God gave us a land. You got claims that you didn't get a land? Go to the complaint box. Go to Kemosh. Now I, I showed our members last week a phenomenal Midrash that I found. The Midrash says that what was the Abu Zarah of Kimosh? It says Kimosh actually was a black stone. And the guyim would come along and have to go visit the stone and they would have to bow down to it. And uh, they would make like a pilgrimage to go see the stone. And the Midrash then writes the following language, Ubelashon Ishmael mecca. 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 And what do they do in Mecca? They have the Kaaba. Stone. They have the stone. Uh-huh. And they, so basically, Kemosh, with the Arabs, they just rebranded it in the old Abu Dazara. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's old Abu Kemosh. And they took the stone, and they go make a pilgrimage, and they bow to it, and they make seven haka, four to it. In, in what? He says, Ubelashon Yishma'el Mecca. So you have over here, this old Abu Dhabi Zarao. now watch what he says. Here's our friend from this week's prayer show. Ve'ata, ha'tov, tov ata, Balak ben Sippor. Melek Moab, look at Hashka Baruch Hashem, something. He says, are you better than Balak ben Sippor? Which means, harov Rabi Yisrael in honom ham which we hold it. Where's Balak ben Sipur? We take his land too, by the way. We took Moab when we got Sihon. And he's not complaining. And he's much more powerful than you. We, 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 we didn't get any complaints from, uh, from Moab. So who are you to come along now and start, uh, start complaining? Now, there's an unbelievable Musar in this whole story. If you remember the Perasha, it says that after Sihon conquered uh, Ammon and Moab, and then we conquered Sihon, so they became a famous mashal. Al uh, ha It says the moshlim. We had it in last week's perasha. If you open up your machine, you are able to see it. Uh, it's right at the end of the perashah. It's on page 854. You look at the 27 on the notes on the bottom. The Mosheem are the poets. We come here with of poetry also. People shouldn't think. Uh, okay. These poets were Bil'am and his father Beor, who were instrumental in Sihon's victory over Moab. Moab had successfully resisting Sihon's invasion until he hired Bil'am and Beor to curse him. So Bil'am, by the way, had a record. He was already hired by Sihon in order to get Mu'am. Uh-huh. But the stupid guy Bil'am didn't realize that when he basically was doing it, he set them up for us to get. So therefore Bil'am, by the way, you look at Bil'am, he's, he's an epic failure, the guy. The guy, whatever, he, it looks like you know, he wins, but he always, at the end of the day, whatever he did, it, he goes, Hazak uh, Baruch. They celebrated Sihon's victory with a poem. When they won, they were celebrating. would did they say? Declaring that Hashbon, which had been the Moabite stronghold, had become Sihon's capital, and that he would advance from there like a fire to devour more Moabite cities. Alken Meru and Therefore, the leaders came along and said, "Bo Hashbon, let us now go to Hashbon, the capital of Moab, to Banav and to Long live!" You know the motherland, long live uh, Sihon. And the Gibra says on this Al-ken yomiru who's the Moshe Those that overcome and fight with the Yitzra. come and make Hishbon. Skar aviraq negative Make hashbone, what do you mean? Hajjbon. Hajjbon exactly. It's true. When you do the avera, the skar avirah. There's a benefit from the avira. Guy eats something not kosher, delicious, had a good meal. But was it worth it? negative sedah. What's gonna what's gonna happen? And then you have If Mitzvah, a guy because he went to pray shacharit, he wasn't able to go to work, he missed the sale. Look, look at the reward that's going to come So therefore Rav Eliyahu Lopian came along and said Why in this uh, Pasuk over here Did they find it a, Necessary to start teaching us hashbon? and they took hashbon out of the Simple interpretation which is the capital Of Sihon, uh, Moab It's nice Diraj, but is there a connection Between the real story And the mashal So he says yeah he says, Sihon, when he was conquering, he thought He thought that he was uh, doing something great. He didn't calculate, he didn't, well, he was not a hachem or lad. He just saw the immediate gain that he'll have from Moab, but he didn't calculate that he now makes himself vulnerable to attack Ibn Bnei which is exactly the same thing that people who go through life don't make hajbon. They make avirot and they don't calculate that this Avera today that looks like it's an asset, one day is going to be a big liability. And you want to learn the lesson? Learn the lesson of Sihon. Sihon taught. He was the biggest victor. Bil'am and them were celebrating. What ended up happening? This was the epic loss. Because you conquered H'jbon, you now lost not only Amon and Moab, but Sihon also fell. And therefore the Pesukah is saying, to the Jew, forget about Sihon, we don't care about Sihon. Bo hajbon you bo Heshbon. Heshbono Olam, mm-hmm. you have to make the hajbon of Olam. Don't think that you got a temporary victory today, guy didn't go to Minyan, he made the sales. Ah, there's G'day, you stupid guy. That money you're going to lose. And if you would have went to Minyan, you would have ended up having Olam forever. So you're happy about the, the, the small gain over there? Bo hajbon you like Sihon. You're claiming it was Kenai to make the Avera. Sihon was victorious, but surely thereafter, Sihon said, what a tipesh I was. And therefore, both both make the same calculations that they did. Even though it looks like you're ahead of the game, you're not ahead of the game. That's how Rabbi Al Lopyan understands. Now, we go, we go a drop further. Now, the Haftarah, by the way, goes a few more Pesukim, and then we get to the uh, to the postscript. Let me give you the postscript. Three hundred years you come. This was three hundred years ago. Where were you then? You're, exactly. You just woke up. 300, imagine these going, Three hundred years later. It's like the Palestinians. Three hundred years later. Hey, you he took our land. Well, you took our land. There was a war. remember there was a war. If you would have won the law, if you would have won the war, were you giving us back, Lenton? No, it was, it was a war. We won. Oh, but well we win. Give it, give it us back. He displaced us. If Ta tells the king, I never did anything to you. And you're coming now with claims. You want to fight me? Let God be the judge. And the king of Ammon, v'lo shama b'ne il el iftah yiftach, hashem That's where the Haftarah ends. Now, consider what we're going to do now in the next four minutes—a great bonus that you showed up. But he hashem, spirit of God was on him. Going, and now he makes a nidr right before the war starts. If you get the success, the first one that comes out of my house, I bring The first animal that comes out of, or the first item that comes out of my house. It's a no. Said, <laughs> victory like nobody's business. One person knocked them all out. 20 cities. Look at this, 20 cities. They أبل <laughs> Subjugate themselves. They walked away with their head between their legs. He comes home. Who comes out of the house? <laughs> His daughter. His daughter. The <laughs> Tupim with the whole uh, orchestra. <coughs> the his only daughter, his only child. And no ben obat. I'm done. I made a nether. I'm stuck. I gotta listen. So she says to the father, which means after you did all these things, you're going to come now and me as a qurban, Let me go down to the mountains. The said, what do you mean, go down to the mountains? So it says the harem was a Zedrin. She was telling her father, just let me go to the Zedrin. Let me go down to the Saladrin and. So the rabbis ask, Rav asked on this, what do you mean, even if you say the Saladrin is the Harim, you go up to the Saladrin. <laughs> even if you want to say Harim is the Saladrin. So he says, an unbelievable. She was giving her father Musad. G- get the story good. Iftah over here, he made a letter You're right, he should have went to Pinahas. Pinhas was the rabbi at the time of Koran, and he was the chief, and if he went have went to Pina the but if told would have told him, it's nullified. But Yiftah had a little ga'avah. He didn't have ga'avah before the war, but after the war, he got zapped. Everybody got zapped, and I'll tell you why he got zapped. He was a good guy. Till now, Yiftah, a great guy, but he got zapped. The ga'avah says, I'm the leader, Pinhas has to come to me. Pinhas came along and said, "I'm the yeah. chief rabbi. He's got, he's this Amharis guy, I have to go to him. Like, what is over here? Because he has some money. Because he, 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 he has a bunch of uh, hooligans. He's got to come to me." So, therefore, each one stayed in their position, and the girl ended up getting slaughtered, and they both got punished. Yiftach dies; but his body limbs just start falling apart. It says, "Bilan, Yiftah was buried in the cities of Gilad. Every body part was buried in a different city." And Pinhas lost through HaKodesh. It says, "Pinhas, the former." You know, Cohen, uh, uh, which wow. means he lost his he lost his coin, and the rabbis come along and say that Pinahas was right in the sense he's the Cohen. What's the pshat? It's like this. How does hatara work? Hatara works. The person who comes to the rabbi has to be machnia himself to the rabbi and trust that the rabbi has a, a ability to get him out. It works with hakna'ah. I Mean to humble yourself. How do I know it works like that? Because in Parashat matur, it talks about a father is able to immediately nullify the nidarim of his daughter, and the husband could nullify automatically the nidarim. Why? Because they're subjugated automatically. When a lady makes a nidar, it's subject to the husband's... If he doesn't want it, that's the way that nidarim works. If you're humbled to the... So the same thing when you go to the rav, you have to humble yourself. So basically... What Pinhas was saying, this guy he has to come and humble himself to get. That's, that's that's the ingredient of that. So Pinhas was right, but they still say Pinhas, you should have went to Yiftach and tell Yiftach the rule, just so you feel that you went to him. As said, listen, I'm coming to you, Shachatara, can give you some kavod? But I'm going back to my office. Now you okay. got to come back to me. <laughs> but Pinhas didn't even do that, so therefore he got punished. Now what happens? What is what is? His daughter is trying to tell his husband, her father, daddy, <laughs> the way the Harim. the haredim works. the haredim, the you have to lower your son, daddy, lower. But what happened? The Gaaba. Now, what happened to Yiftach? It's very simple. On a simple level, at the end of the day, Rabbi Zeitchik writes: If you want to look at Yiftach, you could look at him in a very nice way. Look at this guy. The guy just won a war. He fought for his ship, and he made a netter. Look how much he's Mahmidin in elchot he made and it's the only daughter. You think it's easy for him to slaughter his daughter? And imagine him, they're bringing it's like, hot. He's putting him under his bed, his daughter's screaming, and he has to control all his uh, emotion. What? Uh, to fulfill the Retzon Hashem. You could look at Yiftach as a, you know, what a guy, he want to break his word. But you know what the Gemara says? I'm Ha'aris Yiftah. And the Gemara looks at him very disfavorably. Why? Because he didn't learn Torah. Yes, and all writes, his midot eventually capped out. Since he didn't learn Torah, he wasn't able to keep the ga'avah to him. It's because he was amatis. That means he's a zero. When a person studies Torah, the Torah controls his midot. Now, Yiftah had certain controls till this point, but ultimately, since he didn't learn Torah, the ga'avah, and look what it led to. It's the amaratzut that killed the daughter of Yiftah. And therefore, the nabi's coming to us a great lesson. You know, when a person is looking for a boy for shidduchim, ah, oh, a very good boy, he's good be dot. But you learn, no, uh, uh, that's, that's, that's uh, to be careful. Which means he's good be dot. Uh, good be uh, If without learning Torah, the guy could turn into a yiftach. But the Bikubalim come along and say, over here, or something else. How did Hashem allow this girl to get slaughtered like this? Uh, uh, yiftach uh, did wrong and all she that. Was she that, literally uh, slaughtered. according to one opinion she was really slaughtered if that goes down if that blew it so the rabbi says over here something amazing hold on to your seats remember when they went on to Noah's Ark so there was a guy called Ham Ham was with his wife they all had their wives but they were not allowed to have relations on the teva. Ham broke the rules and he had relations with his wife on the tebah. And the I mean, Hamas says why? Says, because Mrs. Ham, before she got into the Tebah, she came onto the Tebah pregnant. Because she committed znoot with Sihon. Oh. Hmm. So therefore he wanted to cover it up, that it wasn't from uh Sihon that he covered it up. Says the Ham the was Yiftah's daughter, and therefore she needed to have Tikkun which means the reason why Hashem orchestrated is because she committed znut and she did this whole thing over here, and therefore not so not so simple, not so simple. I meaning she got her I meaning from her husband Now watch. He says, and then what happened later on in history there was a great rabbi called Bihananyabatiladyod. had a daughter. And his daughter ended up getting thrown into a kupah of Zonot. Into a group of uh, with the Zonot. And it'd be if you remember the Abu Dazara, he went to save her. And when he went in to save her, he wanted to see if she's if she's doing anything. And anytime a man would come to her, she would say, "Abnida." Da, okay. So she was clean so clean that eventually Abimeir saved. saved them and would marry her uh-huh. and Abimeir says that the daughter of Rebbe was also the Gilgul of the daughter of Yiftah which means because she had to make the tikkun of what she did when she was Eshet Ham and when she was Eshet Ham she committed Znut and now when she went back into the Kubash or not, she did not commit Znut and it was so first she to get punished so her Yiftah killed her and then ultimately, uh, uh, the tikkun was made, and she ended up, you know, living happily ever. So you see, at a simple level, of course, it looks shocking, and you've thought made a terrible mistake sure. over here. But obviously, when we look at it through the eyes of the tzaddiki, and there was tremendous tikkuni out there. But the lesson that we learned from Avira Botai, de posel, that the faults that you uh, express or that you project on others, be careful. You're not telling us about the other person. You're really telling us a lot. About yourself. What do you that?